Is it recording? I think so. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much, Marsha, for being here. I'm so grateful. Oh, you, my time with you, um, I discovered you last year, March 2020. I can't believe we've been in each other's lives for this long. Where does time go? <laughs> At the beginning of quarantine, Myra, it was when we connected, when everything was just super weird and we were like, what, what realm are we living in? That was the time that we came together. We'll always remember it that way. Oh my God. I know. It was so perfect. I was like tarot cards, astrology, and ukulele. That, those were my three things I like picked up during that time. And Oh my gosh, our time together has been so revealing. It's been so, um, it's been such a amazing tool to have astrology, um, and understanding my birth chart. And, um, the reason why this podcast even came, uh, came about was because of our sessions together, essentially, and me discovering, you know, some of my communication wounds and, um, specifically, you know, our Chiron, um, session was so profound and so revealing to me. And, um, I, decided that one of the ways to heal um, some of these communication wounds I was um, I was dealt with um, in this lifetime I, I decided that podcasting would be a way to to heal some of those wounds so anyway oh, beautiful I, I just think that's so beautiful how it all naturally effortlessly intuitively blossomed from that from that beginning. So if we were able to tell Myra circa March 2020, when things were getting real weird, that this would be a certain type of fruit or blossom from that time period. I don't know. What What do you think Myra would say? Would she believe you? <laughs> oh, I just got chills. I'd be like, <laughs> not, we're not doing that. That's not happening. And, you know, and truth, like I truly couldn't have done it without you and all of your teachings and your insight and your wisdom. You're such an amazing teacher. And I continue to, you know, I love um, all of your stories and, you know, we need to have a session soon because I really want to un continue to, you know, um, unpack my birth chart. There's just so, so, so much. And um, but yes, essentially, I'm so grateful. I have so much gratitude to you um, for encouraging me in this in this journey. And so, yeah, I wanted to bring some of your wisdom and teachings, um, you know, to to my listeners. Um, maybe touch on um, if if there's astrology newbies out there listening, and you have zero idea. Right even is maybe we can begin mm. here, like um a quick little astrology um lesson and perhaps like what a birth chart even is um if you'd like to start there perfect Yay. <laughs> yeah i would love to first off i just want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity for holding space for you um what's really interesting when we do this work we also, as astrologers and um, guides, we start to connect with certain parts of ourselves reflected through our clients. So I think, um, you know, in holding space for you from the beginning up until now, there's always been a really great reference point or throughout 
you know, our time working together and when I'm connecting or meeting with someone else with a Chiron placement like yourself, which obviously yours is in Chiron and Gemini, since that's the name of the podcast. Mm -hmm. But every time I would meet another, I had so much, um, I guess, nourishment for that person to work with just based on the work that we did together. So I just wanted to thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I guess quite simply put, when it comes to astrology, the reason why I use it and the reason why I work with astrology as a guide and a measurement of timing for the people that I work with, um, essentially, we have the natal chart, you are born at a certain place on a certain time. um, And when we have that information, we can pull up a natal chart. So the natal chart is your birthday, your time and your place, we get that information. And with those three simple things, we're able to see a beautiful manifestation and crystallization of the planetary alignment at that moment. And I often think of the natal chart as a a footprint, a blueprint, a roadmap, and it's like, boom, this is the day Myra took her first breath and here's what she's working with. Mm -hmm. Um, Within that natal chart, we're able to see the personalities within that person, the styles in which they go about life. And we're also able to see um, life lessons ahead of them. Um, Things like their purpose, um, things like uh, moments in their life where they're going to have a deeper learning or influence to be a certain way. So I guess in short, because I'm going off on a tangent, the astrology, astrological natal chart is a beautiful blueprint and crystallization of the moment you were born. And in that we're able to unpack layer by layer, what's going on and what somebody is truly about, or if they have any um, desires or gifts inside there that they might not even know. Um, So it's a valuable tool for learning more about ourselves. And I truly think when we know about who we are authentically, what we like, what we don't like, then as we do life, we have a better way of communicating that because <laughs> that's all it really is, right? When we're able to clearly communicate our needs, then the universe and the people that love you are able to show up for you and give that to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. And gosh. And so, you know, when I had my first few sessions with you, I felt like, oh, finally I could understand you know, like there wasn't anything actually wrong with me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of us. Right. But, um, but there was this deep, um, the, this deep story within me that there was, that there was something innately wrong for like feeling so deeply and, 
Um, why am I so emotional? Yada, yada. And so, you know, understanding my birth chart, it was so telling, like, you know, my moon being in Scorpio, like I freaking feel super, super, super mega deeply, you know? And so I can then come to, you know, whomever I may be relating with. And if there's a challenging, you know, situation that may arise, like I can let them know, you know, I, I, I feel deeply and this is, and it's okay. And this is just my process and this is what it looks like and whatever, whatever. Yeah. I feel like it's been, um, it's, it's, it's such an incredible tool. And it's so funny. Cause you know, I'll meet people that are like, Oh yes, my sun is in this and my moon is in that. And my ascending is in that. And I'm like, yeah, but, um, where's your Chiron? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Right. <laughs> talk about the wounds. Like what are the, <laughs> you know what are we meant to heal in this lifetime um anyway thank you so much for that you know astrology 101 um quick little recap there i um that was very informative um and so so yeah if i i think i'd like to go ahead and maybe touch on you know there's there's 12 or I'm sorry, there's 10, um there's 10 planets, right? Um, Correct. Amazing. <laughs> I remember a thing or two (laughs) and signs. Right. And so, um, I'm sorry. 12 signs. signs. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and so, yeah, so Chiron, when I was doing my research, apparently it was, it was an asteroid and, you know, now it's considered a planet or maybe I got, I have the information, you know, backwards, but can you tell me a little bit about, um, Chiron and, um, what it means for us on our birth chart? Sure. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because I remember you asked me not too long ago, you're like, is it Chiron or Chiron, Chiron, Chiron? I'm like, maybe like potato, potato. I, I, I think I naturally say Chiron, but I don't know if that's just me trying to be fancy, but, um, and you say Chiron, so it's all good. But when it comes to Chiron, it is, um, considered, an asteroid or dwarf planet, but it's kind of, it's kind of important for the little mass that it is (laughs) because when um, we look at our charts and we can see, okay, what sign it's in and what house it's located in. And if there's any aspects to certain planets, then we get a better understanding of any um, certain spiritual wounds or childlike things that we've been through and we can unpack it and think back to, um, okay, so am I holding a limiting belief that I've already overcome, but for some reason it's still in my mind and I could do without it, but I choose not to because maybe I just don't notice. I'm just being an adult and doing life. Um, but Chiron is, is thought of to be a comet with a very unique orbit. Um, Chiron is symbolized as the wounded healer when it comes to astrology. So it represents our deepest wounds um, and our efforts to essentially heal those wounds, right? Um Chiron was named after the centaur in Greek mythology. So Chiron was a healer and a teacher 
who ironically couldn't heal himself, but he was amazing and healing everyone else, right? So when we look at that in an archetypal way, it's kind of like, oh, I may have this specific wound, but at the same time, that can be the best medicine that I can give to others. Yeah. That can be the, the, the best medicine that I can um, share with people and they can really benefit from that. So I think that's why it's really good to know that. And, you know, we can even look at your experience, Myra, just learning that your Chiron is in Gemini and that has to do with communication and conversation and, you know, perhaps as a young child, and as you were growing up, you're like, gosh, am I putting my foot in my mouth? Am I um, overthinking some ridiculous story that's not even real when I, when I can just clearly look at what's happening, but because there's so much going on, your mind is moving really fast. There could be a lot of inner conversations that don't even need to be there. Um, and knowing that that is your experience, you actually bring a lot of medicine to everybody when it comes to this podcast. Because even just for the fact that you're able to use your communication as a healing tool and sharing it with other people, I mean, that that is so beautiful. And um, it's kind of like, it's your pain, but all, but also you have the power to, to really heal that in this life and be a person who holds space of healing for others. Oh, well, thank, yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, it's been, uh, it has been, um, incredibly healing knowing what I know now about my Chiron placement. I mean, up until last year, like I was someone who wouldn't communicate my needs or my desires. I wouldn't, you know, share what I was deeply feeling inside and I would suppress my emotions, um, et cetera, for fear that, you know, love would be withdrawn or for fear that I would be rejected or I wouldn't be liked, et cetera. And so now knowing what I know about my Chiron placement, I'm able to, in those moments of not wanting to share, um, I have to, I choose consciously, like I have to do it anyway. And, and I may be foaming in the mouth and shaking and, you know, um, you know, freaking out about like what I want to share, what is coming up for me, et cetera, but I do it anyway. And I'm getting so much better and better and better at just communicating and, and sharing my needs and sharing my desires and, and, yeah. So anyway, I am so grateful for knowing my Chiron placement. And so, and there's so much communication wounding going on in, in my chart. And <laughs> what I know, you know, and like, I can just choose to like, okay, I don't want to speak in this moment, but I got to do it anyway. Like, even with this podcast, I've had so many moments of resistance. Like, what do I need to be sharing any of this stuff for? Like, what's the purpose and who am I and yada, yada. And <laughs> And yeah, it's my, yeah, my, my Chiron showing up and so also probably Saturn, you know? Uh. <laughs> so, how, so what do you do in that moment? Like, how do you, how do you find a way to keep Chiron in check when you have those moments? 
Gosh, I think I have, oftentimes I will speak to myself, you know, uh, take a few breaths in those moments, tell myself that I am safe, that all is well, that there's nothing wrong with desiring to share, that it's not about me, that it's for reasons greater than me, that the universe desires to speak through me. I am the vessel and that, you know, I, my ego is, is in desire of wanting to keep me safe, but you know, I don't have to like, thank you. I can thank the ego, but I can then continue and proceed and, and it's okay to be afraid and terrified, but you know, again, it's, it's about doing it anyway, you know? And so that's kind mm. of now, um, it's like when that feeling of like, yeah, I don't think I need to share that. That's, you know, no need to have that hard conversation. I have to tell myself a lot of these things, you know, and self-soothe, self-regulate, become that parent for myself that perhaps um, didn't quite show up for me in the way that I needed them to when I was a child. And so, yeah, it's been beautiful feeling truly, which is why I'm like, I need to bring this, this wisdom, these teachings to, you know, the listeners so that hopefully it inspires them to want to look at their Chiron placement and maybe uncover you know, some very revealing um, truths about the self, you know? (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. I mean, in that already, I feel like there's so much medicine that you brought to the conversation. Um, And knowing that it does take practice, right? It didn't happen like, one day you just turned off the switch and you were like, okay, I'm not dealing with you. Like (laughs) some days you're super winning (laughs) and some days, you know, you're doing your best. You're doing okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And (laughs) and gentle in those moments, because like I was telling you, you know, I've had moments of resistance and, and instead of beating myself up, you know, and being that like bully that I've been most of my, most of my life myself, what did we call what did we call that bully? Do you remember on our sessions? Abuelita. Yeah, there was like a very strict abuelita in there, right? <laughs> yep. Strict granny showing up. Tell me, no, what are you gonna do that for panacases? So mija, you know, you don't need <laughs> yeah, um, very judgy granny um would show up. The and- judgy granny. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, uh, learning how to be gentle and kind in those moments and just, you know, being nurturing and nourishing and it's okay to have those moments of resistance. It's going to happen, you know, but it's like, what do we do with this, with the resistance a, and how do we speak to ourselves in those moments? B, you know, that, you know what I mean? That, that awareness practice is so important. And you know, oftentimes, if you're not in a in a space where you un- where you have a practice to actually really reflect on what's happening, that can turn into the grumpy, strict granny saying, "No, you can't." And then you listen to her, and then you just go about your day, and you continue to build this unrealistic story. Um, and it's not easy, right? But what you've done, Myra, which I think is just so phenomenal, is create a practice around, oh, I see you, Granny. <laughs> like, you're here, I'm here. Let's let's make a deal. <laughs> Making deals with her, you know, saying, okay, you can say your piece, but also I'm going to continue to practice an awareness that 
those messages don't serve me. And I actually know authentically who I am and how to say what I need. And when doing that, then you're, you're in better shape. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. And for those of, for those listeners that are probably wonder, wondering who is this strict abuelita, we're talking about Capricorn. <laughs> And Capricorn is ruled by Saturn and Saturn can be a very restrictive planet, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Look at Myra, your astrology knowledge is just pulling at my heartstrings. Every, every word. <laughs> I love astrology. <laughs> so, you know, with all of that being said, you know, my, so specifically my Chiron is in Gemini. So, um, you know, if you're a little older, perhaps your Chiron is in Taurus, or if you're a little yes, mine is in Taurus. Awesome. Do you want to touch on um, Chiron and Taurus? Ooh, Chiron and Taurus. I've been thinking about it because it is Taurus season. Well, it was Taurus season recently. We are in full on Gemini, um, but Taurus season brought up the feelings of is everything taken care of? Am I completely safe? There's this constant, like, perhaps like worry or wandering thought of like, anything, anything can happen. And all these things that are here, they can just be taken away, like in a second. So don't be too excited about it. Like, I, I often feel like it's that kind of vibration when it comes to uh, stability or feeling comfort, whether it be in a relationship or physically anything outward. Um, Chiron and Taurus is like, do I have enough? Is everything, is everything that I have working out? Will it be stable? Right. Because Taurus is about stability. And if Chiron is in Taurus, it's kind of like, um, you know, having that little back and forth. So I guess I don't really have like that grumpy strict granny, but I also have like this, this energy that's like, do you have enough saved up? Do you have enough? Like everything is comfortable right now. Is it going to always be that comfortable? And if it's not, you better be ready. Like it's like, Uh, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And (laughs) what has been your, what's your practice now, like to self-regulate, to come back to center in those moments? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, um, what do you, what is that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, actually for me, my practice is having a gratitude list whether it be physically writing it down or going through the items in my, in my mind. Right. So if I, so if I, if I start to feel overwhelmed in a certain way like that, I'll take some time, just like you said, you do, you take some deep breaths or I'll meditate, you know, just to like slow, (laughs) slow the body and the mind down. And sometimes that can be as short as, you know, five breaths, or it can be three minutes, or it can be 30 minutes, whatever that looks like. And then after that, really just like, put my hands underneath all the things I'm grateful for, and all the things that I've created and knowing that everything is okay. 
it's all it's all here and whatever is in alignment will be and whatever is supposed to be here will be here and whatever is supposed to leave will leave right and sometimes you know obviously we're having a conversation and I'm saying it and it seems so easy. Like even in my mind, I'm like, Marsha, are you saying something that's just so easy? But when you're in the moment, it's, it's a little bit more <laughs> challenging. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think, yeah. So th- that, that seems to be my practice. And also it really helped me to find the Zen practice, um, to really learn about Buddhism, everything is impermanent. So what are you even worrying about? (laughs) And then having this idea of impermanence, it's like, oh, well, you know, I always have this saying, I'm like, oh, well, we're in these impermanent bodies for just so long. So are we fully appreciating them? Are we fully enjoying them? Are we giving ourselves the experiences that we desire to experience, whether it be, um, you know, like a, a cupcake in a moment where you just want like <laughs> some sweets because I'm a cancer son, or is it like, <laughs> am I going to indulge in self-care and go for a hike and appreciate these flowers and know that everything is impermanent and we just have this moment. So knowing that and being in the practice of that gives me gratitude and realizes, helps me to realize I'm just being in my head if I'm worrying about things not being there forever or completely stable. (laughs) Yeah. And how beautiful to be able to have, like you were saying earlier, that awareness to know when that is showing up for us and to then choose like, okay, I have, I can, I can choose differently in this moment and I can choose to self-soothe and self-regulate and choose to, you know, see that all is perfect in this moment and come back to the present, et cetera. I mean, Oh, there's so many humans out there that unfortunately don't have these types of practices and they get so caught up in the stories and, oh my God, and I'm going to lose it all. And yeah. Um, yes. And also too, when it, when it comes to that, it's like this feeling of, even when it comes to material things, it's so weird. So I was born in 1980. Everyone who was born in 1980 pretty much has like Kiran and Taurus, but it's kind of like, oh, I would like this, but I don't really need it, (laughs) you know? And it's like, so sometimes my partner and I, when we're having conversations and he's like, would you like that? And I'm like, yeah, I'd like that, but I don't really need it. And he'd be like, okay, this is like a Kiran and Taurus moment. (laughs) Like you can have it, (laughs) you know, it's okay. (laughs) So that's another side where I see it shows up. So you keep, so uh, a Chiron and, Taurus trait could be that you keep yourself from in, from from in, getting the mm-hmm. desire for fear that perhaps you might lose something. Lose. Yes, or lose your comfort. Yes. And the ultimate cosmic joke of the entire thing is that my lovely eight-year-old daughter, guess where her Kiran is? It's in Taurus, just like me. So I get to experience it <laughs> from like the young child version, right? And knowing that helps me to show up better for her, if that makes any sense. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so much there. Um, so, you know, just to sort of recap really quickly, you know, Chiron and Gemini, there's wounds around, um, there's wounds around the communication, right? And so Chiron and Taurus would be wounds around um, feelings of um, losing. Just, mm -hmm, like almost like holding on to guilt for enjoying the material thing like comfort or luxury, those kinds of things. Like, it's really funny. I can see it with my eight-year-old daughter and I'll be like, oh, this outfit is so cute. Do you want it? And she'll be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but like, it's like a, it's like a full body. Yes. But then yeah. she's like thinking like, do I deserve it? So then it's holding space for her and saying, yes, this, enjoy this. You are worthy of enjoying this. Right. So, so if a parent out there has, you know, a, a <laughs> Chiron and Taurus, that could be, yeah. 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 Noticing that there's desire there, but there's resistance. And then perhaps maybe sharing what you just shared, which is you're worthy of this. You're, you can yeah. have, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then above Taurus is Aries. So if you have Chiron and Aries, it's, it's like, you're always feeling like you're the underdog and you want to be the champion and you want to like, you know, work hard, keep getting there. And um, you can help others express their strengths of being like that warrior energy, but then calling that upon themselves is not as easy if Kiran is an Aries. Wow. I don't know any Kiran. Well, maybe perhaps um, our parents? No, they would. No, I've got a friend who's Kiran and Aries. She's 42. So um, yeah, there's, so, and, and, you know, and then it goes in cycles, right? But so we talked about Kiran and Aries, Kiran and Taurus, Kiran and Gemini, Kiran in cancer, there's like this energy of feeling very warm and concerned for others and their nourishment, but then maybe not Nourishing. thinking. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> yes. And then it's also like the home life as a young kid could have been a little rocky, you know? Yeah. Yeah, oftentimes too, when I tell people like, where is your Chiron? Um, they'll, they often know where they, where it is in like what sign it's in, but they wow. don't know. Well, the couple of people I've, I've talked to yeah. Yeah, what sign it's in, but they don't know what house it's in. And I personally feel like it's also really telling what house um, exactly Chiron is in. For, so like, for example, my Chiron's in the fifth house and oh my gosh, everything that we, that you shared with me resonated so much, like, you know, not being able to find pleasure and experience joy. And, um, you know, the fifth house is all about creativity, et cetera. And yeah, I mean, I find myself being so strict on myself. Like I'm not allowed to have fun. Like if I'm having fun at work, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so silly but you you can teach and show people how to have fun and so then they're thinking gosh Myra's having no fun every day of her whole life but then it may not necessarily be true <laughs> yeah, absolutely it's so interesting and so that's another thing that I've had to consciously choose like when I'm wanting to retreat and you know remain in my cave here in my little beautiful sanctuary and not go explore and meet humans etc 
I, um, I'm like, no, we have to go, we have to go experience pleasure and some joy and it's okay to do so, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I always often, you know, tell people like, okay, the sign is important, but I also would like to know, um, where your, what sign, what house your sign, I'm sorry. Your oh boy. Yeah. Mine is in the eighth house, like oh. transformation, sex and death. So I do like, I can say when I was a child, I, I had a lot of, I was very hyper aware of death, like close to my grandparents, watching them pass close to like one of my best friends in eighth grade, she passed. And I was like, I also had this thing like, whoa, everyone's going to die. I'm going to die. My parents are going to die. Like it was, I was very hyper aware of those things. And I think astrologically in my chart, it's connected to it being in the eighth house. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, so the eighth house is about sex and taxes and death. Right. And so, and yeah, it, transformation. So can you have, because it's ruled by Scorpio, right. But so mm-hmm. okay, the eighth house ruled by Scorpio. So could that mean that you have a, it's possible for a person with their Chiron in the eighth house to have wounds around transformation, scorpionic. Yeah. Scorpionic energy. But then also to like, I can, I know I hold a lot of space for people's transformation and the work that I do. And I, I see it happen unfold, but then when it comes to my own transformation, that's a different story. <laughs> like, I'm like, like I have the answers for everybody and I can guide them and hold them. But then sometimes when it comes to my own, I'm like, this is different. This is change. How, like, how am I, how am I working through this? So there's some, there's some uncomfortability there for, mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, obviously change isn't comfortable for most humans, I'd say, but like, so yeah. there it could show up as like a little bit of resistance towards a little bit of resistance towards change. Yes. And then also like loss or attachments to things like being attached. And that's why thank goodness, thank Buddha for Zen. Like that's helped me really understand how to organize that in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's so interesting um, to me, like how just the further you go into, you know, the the signs and the houses, it's just so like you just continue to unpack and unpack more. And um, just for, you know, I recently when I posted um, that I published my podcast, someone actually um, I suggested for people to look into their birth charts. And so someone wrote me back and was like, oh, my Chiron's in the 12th house. So like, let's just because mm. that's you know, that's someone that I spoke to. Um, what, 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 what does that essentially reveal? Like having a Chiron in the 12th house? Well, you know, the 12th house takes on that Pisces energy of being such a giver and a healer. And, um, I like to look at that house filled with like that grandma wisdom. Like you want to, you want to eat, I'll cook it all. You need this, you need my jacket, I'll give it to you. So then when Kiran is in the 12th house, it could be something like uh, forgiving others so quickly. Like um, forgiveness is a strength, but then 
if it's like so easy to forgive others, then some people could take take advantage on of that, right? Or um, you could have a certain guilt about that. So it's like that, it's that 12th house energy of things are kind of floaty, not very like clear. It's kind of like. And, and delusional perhaps. Yeah. Fantasy, creative, like hidden in the, mm. in the mist. So yeah, I think Kiran wow. placed in the 12th house. It, it could also be like, maybe that person has a hard time being fully open with their own personal connection to source or spirituality, but um, really easy to hold space for others. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for all of that. Um, You're uh, welcome. I, I love our time together. I'm (laughs) so grateful. Truly I am. And, um, and it's, Astrology again is just a phenomenal tool that I've put, I've put into my toolbox. And so, you know, I hope that the listeners out there will be, whomever is new to astrology will be inspired to look into their birth chart. And if so, I would totally, um, check Marsha's page out. You're on Instagram. Yes. I'm, I'm on Instagram under my name, Marsha Pacificar. Um, I have a website, marshapacificar.com. And yeah, that's a great way to connect. And I'd love to share astrology readings with your listeners. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Our first session was um, with sun, moon and ascendant. And it was awesome. I feel like I learned a ton about myself um, during that session, but yeah, we ultimately ended up meeting one weekly for like 10 months. Yeah, it was um, great. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Now every person, well, it seems like every person, I mean, I'm like, what is your birth time, your location of birth? And, um, yeah. I just like to practice, you know, and they should take that as the biggest compliment ever, because if somebody asks you for your birth time where you were born, that means they're really thinking that you're so cool that they're going to, you're going to check out their chart. Like that's a compliment. If you're not asking anybody that information, I feel bad for them because you're not, you're not wanting to know more about them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if somebody thinks that's weird, it's like, no, you're weird. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. You don't belong in my life anyway. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No. Um, Anyway, well, I am super grateful for our time together. I know that you have to get going. um, And yeah, I mean, if there's any final thoughts that you may have on either Chiron or astrology that you would like to share, or if you feel complete in your heart, then we can end the call. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, Yeah, I just feel like if anybody has any outstanding questions or things that they want to learn more about themselves, astrology is a great guide for that. Um, It helps you to uncover certain things that you don't necessarily take the time to ponder about on the day to day, you know, in between work and home, (laughs) whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, 
I'm hoping that we can have another, another call soon. And I'd love to share with the listeners, um, North node and South node. Um, yeah. Love to, to dive deep into that, um, our sole purpose, et cetera. Um, I would love that. I had so much fun. Our time went by so fast and it's always it's always so nice to be in conversation with you, Myra. You're you have such a great inquisitive vibration about you, and it's it's really fun. So thanks again for having me. Um, well, thank you for being such a wonderful teacher. It was my pleasure totally to have you here. I'm so grateful. I'm sending so much love to you. And again, check out Marsha on her Instagram at Marsha Pacificar, right? Yes, yes, that's exactly it. I P A C I. You spell it because I'm totally gonna butcher that. It's okay. It's Pacificar, so it's P A C I F I C A R. It's like Pacific Ocean with A R at the end. So oh. in in Latin, it actually means to make peace. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, yay. Pacific car. Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Myra. Have a great day. I will talk to you soon. I'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.